Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today we uh, continue our series in Celebrate, and many times, especially around Christmas, I've discovered that during Christmas time, uh, just the busyness, the hustle and bustle of Christmas, so many times we forget to celebrate um, God's love for us, uh, God's faithfulness to us. And I want to remind us uh, during Christmas time that we need to celebrate. Uh, Christmas should be a time of celebration, celebrating God's presence, uh, entering into this world in the form of human flesh. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. Last week I shared how the importance of celebrating the presence of God in our life. And this week I want to share with you about celebrating God's salvation in your life. How many times have you recently where you just have thanked God for his salvation? We thank God for many of the other blessings, but when was the last time you just thanked God for his salvation? The whole reason Jesus came to this earth was for the purpose of restoring our relationship with the Heavenly Father. Listen to what uh, Jesus told Nicodemus when he came to ask Jesus some questions late at night, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He came to ask Jesus some questions. And Jesus' response to Nicodemus became one of the most famous, well, it is the most famous Bible verse that we see. It's at football games. It's at downtown different areas. You will see this verse, and it's the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came to give eternal life to those who put their faith in him. And it doesn't matter uh, who you are or what you've done. It only matters this, that you believe. That you believe that Jesus is our Savior, that he is my salvation, that he died for my sins. This is what Luke shares in chapter 15 of his gospel. He shares how Jesus attracted the worst of sinners. At least from the perspective of the Pharisees, he he. he Uh, attracted the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and they were frustrated with Jesus that Jesus would be surrounded by these sinners. But the truth is, and this is what the Pharisees didn't understand, we are all sinners saved by God's grace. And we must never forget this truth. We are all sinners needing a Savior. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three of the most famous parables in the Bible And I want to share those with you today. Let me read the first two to you. And we'll start in Luke chapter 15. It says, So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. Celebrate with me. In the same way, there is joy. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Jesus then shares another story. He says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? 
And when she finds it, she will call in her, her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Jesus then continues to a third story about a lost son or a prodigal son. In this story, Jesus shares about a man whose youngest son had, he had two sons, and his youngest son asked for the inheritance of his father early. He said, before his father dies, I want my inheritance now so I can go and enjoy it. Why do I have to wait till you die? And so the son received this inheritance, and he spent it on sinful living. He soon came to a point, if you read the entire story, he came to the point in his life where he had completely lost everything. He was destitute. He had lost everything. He had no money. He had no self-esteem. Basically, he was a completely broken person. He was literally living in a pigsty, eating the, the pig's food after they had finished. That's pretty broken. And it's in this brokenness that he decided to return home and ask for his father's forgiveness and see if his father would hire him back as a servant of his household. And to the son's surprise, the father had been waiting for his return. He had never given up hope on his son. He had been waiting for his return the entire time. He was filled with compassion and love for his son. And when his father saw his son from a far distance, it says in the Bible, he ran and greeted his son and kissed his son. And in those days for a father to run, because they were kind of a patriarch, it was seen as an act of disgrace if he would run. He didn't care. He ran to his son. And listen to how the father responded to his son's return. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring, which was a symbol that he belonged to the family. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I share these parables with you. They're all found in Luke chapter 15. I share these parables with you today because I believe it's important that we understand God's love for people. He loves you. He loves you. He adores you. He loves those who still don't know him. He loves the lost. Notice in the first parable, the shepherd left the 99 sheep to go find the one sheep. And in the second parable, the woman, guess what? She had the nine coins, but she put everything else aside and she focused only on finding the one coin. And then in the third parable, it states, while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And it indicates that the father never, never gave up searching for his son. I want to declare to you today that our Heavenly Father never gives up searching for you, for me. Never gives up. It reveals this God's desire that no one remains lost. Let me ask you this question Have you ever lost something of value? Your wallet, your purse, your cell phone. My wife lost her cell phone last week. I'm just, I'm just sharing right now. She was in a panic. She had no idea where she lost her cell phone. And she ended up calling it, and someone, a stranger answered it and had her cell phone. So I was wondering whose cell phone this was. She found it at a store. 
but she was in kind of a panic mode because she had lost his cell phone. It's amazing how things that are of importance to you, all of a sudden when you lose them, guess what? All you can think about is what you've lost. It's important. Years ago, I was I shared this story. If you've attended our grow class, you've heard this story, but I share it with you again today. Years ago, I was an executive pastor at Marysville First Assembly in um, Marysville, Washington. And I was, I was at the executive pastor, and we used to have, back in the day, we used to have what's called Sunday night services. I don't know if you ever heard of those. <clears throat> Not only did we have Sunday morning services, we had Sunday night services. Should we return? No, I'm not going to ask. Oh, hey, I heard a yes. And it was after a Sunday night service, our children's pastor at that point, Kevin and Sheila Carson, they were uh, already traveling home. They had gotten home. They had four kids. They had three older boys, and their youngest was a, a girl. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call on my cell phone in a complete panic mode. We don't know where Christopher's at. Christopher was their four- or five-year-old son, their youngest son. We don't know where. We got home, and Christopher's not with us. Total panic. I had already turned the lights off in the church. I was locking up. I was going to leave the church. The church was a 45,000-square-foot building. Can you look and see if Christopher's still there? I'm walking through the building and opening up doors, looking for Christopher. And sure enough, I get into the preschool wing. I open up one of the doors, and there he is in the corner of the room, all curled up, sound asleep. See, Sheila would love to talk after service. And she would spend and she would talk to all of her friends and everything else. He just got tired. He said, I'm done. And he went and found a place to go lay down and went to sleep. And they got in the car. They thought everything was good, got home, and they're missing a son. <laughs> now, I want you to imagine what would have happened if while I was on the phone, I said to Sheila, what are you so upset about? You don't need to worry about Christopher. You still have two other sons and a daughter. You got three out of four. Come on. That's good enough, right? You don't need any more than that. See, her three children are at home safe. But that one that wasn't, that's all she could think about, was the one that was lost. That's all that consumed her mind. Our Heavenly Father is similar. He loves those who have come to him, and he's gathered all of us who are followers of him into our, our, his arms. But man, our Heavenly Father has such deep compassion. He's wanting those other ones that haven't come to him yet. His focus is on the lost. Jesus shared these three parables to the religious people to help them understand God's love for all people. His desire is that all people would be saved. Jesus states that all heaven celebrates when one sinner repents and turns to Jesus, all of heaven celebrates. I was thinking about that today because, you know, around the world, man, there's people coming to Christ each and every second. Heaven is just a place of celebration right now. I mean, it's just celebrating 24-7. If you don't like celebration, don't go to heaven because it's a celebration time. It's a great reminder for all of us are we celebrating the salvation that God has given us through his son, Jesus? Do we recognize God's great love not only for us, but for those who are lost? 
The religious people of Jesus' day didn't care if people were lost. They didn't care if people were going to hell. Pastor said hell in church? Yes. It's in the Bible, I can say it. They only cared about not associating with people who were sinners. But that's who Jesus came to associate with. He didn't come for the religious people. He came for those who knew that they were sinners and needed a savior. It's why God sent his precious son to this earth to become our salvation. The religious people of Jesus' day were not focusing on what was important to God. They weren't celebrating people getting saved, people getting delivered, people getting healed. They were only focused, and I want you to catch this because it's so easy to step into this realm. They were only focused on their self-righteousness. What they did, how good they are, how wonderful we are. They were never focused on, guess what, this person is hurting, this person is lost. They were only focused on, in fact, they didn't want to be around sinners. It might contaminate me. I don't want that to get onto me. But Jesus, what did he do? He went to the sinners and embraced them. He embraced the lepers. He embraced the sick. He embraced the hurting. He embraced the poor. He loved people because it's his creation. And it's a reminder for all of us today, and I want to remind all of us today, what are you celebrating? Celebrate. What are you celebrating? Are you celebrating what God celebrates? Because if you aren't, we should. We should celebrate. Last week I talked about celebrating God's presence. This week I'm talking about celebrating God's salvation. One of the greatest excitements that we should have as a church is seeing those who are far away from God find the love of Jesus. Every day we should celebrate God's salvation, not only in ourselves. We should be thankful each day. God, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for saving me from my sins. Thank you for your redemptive power. Thank you for coming from heaven to earth 2,000 years ago, dying on a cross for my sins, so that if I put my faith and belief in you, guess what? Just because I'm unrighteous, because I'm a sinner, guess what? Because of your blood that is shed on that cross, you have saved me from my sins if I put my faith in you. Today I choose to follow you, Lord. We do be thankful for that salvation, but we also need to learn to give thanks for the salvation of others. And for those who are still lost, we need to pray that God brings those people into the church. Every day we should celebrate God's salvation, not in only ourselves, but in others. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. It's a short message because we had a wonderful children's program. But we need to learn to celebrate. We need to learn to celebrate what God celebrates. We need to learn to celebrate salvation in our lives, but also in the lives of others. Amen? We need to pray for those who don't know Christ yet. You see, you're not going to get into heaven just because you're a good person. You're not going to, God's just not going to say, oh, you've done all these wonderful things. But see, the problem is there's sin in your life. You have sinned. Each and every one of us have committed sins in our life. And we need a redeemer. It's what the God's word says. We either believe God's word or we don't believe God's word. We have to make a choice. God's word says we need a savior. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice, they would make sacrifices to, to just appease 
God for their sins. God said that enough is enough. I'm sending my one and only son from heaven to earth. He's perfect in every way. He's sinless. He lived on this earth. He did miracles. He performed miracles. But ultimately, his whole entire reason he came from heaven to earth was to die for you and for me. That was the main reason that he came, was to be the sacrifice for our sins. And our sins needed a perfect and sinless sacrifice. That was the only thing that would appease a perfect and wonderful God. And it is through that sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his son on the cross, that we can have salvation. The rest of the story is that because of the sacrifice, Jesus, guess what? He was buried in a tomb, but that tomb could not hold Jesus. Couldn't. Nothing can hold the power of God. The power of God, guess what, broke through that, and Jesus came alive and was resurrected on the third day. And that resurrection proves to each and every one of us that we can be resurrected from our sins, and we can have a saving grace because of what God has done for each and every one of us. Amen. That's the wonderful story of Christmas. And this Christmas, we can celebrate so many wonderful things. The decoration of the lights on the tree and the lights in the neighborhood. And we're always in competition because we want the best lights in our neighborhood. And our neighbors keep on doing more and more. Wherever they are, I don't see them. They're somewhere around here. But the most important thing to celebrate is God's love. And his willingness to send his son, Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. Amen. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness, for your love. We thank you for a church, Lord, that honors you the best way that we can. We, I pray today that we would continue to honor you. I thank you for the wonderful children, Lord, that came and performed for us today and in their little hearts, Lord God, you're already planting this wonderful seed of not just salvation, but God, of, of a redemptive story that they're going to live all their life understanding who you are. I pray that seed continues to grow in their heart and in their minds, Lord God, that it would never leave them. Today I pray, Lord God, as um, everybody here in the congregation, those here are, who are in this building and those who are watching us online, I pray that each and every one of us have a personal relationship with you. That we have all made a commitment and a choice to ask you to be our savior. Because we cannot do it in our own strength. We cannot do it through our own righteousness. We don't have, um, we're just not perfect. We don't have that ability. But Lord, you sent your son Jesus because you love the lost. You, you shared the parables. Those three parables are sharing about how much you love what is lost. You went away from the 99 sheep as a good shepherd to find the one. You put away the nine coins and looked for the one lost coin. The prodigal son who decided to go on his own way, you waited for his return. And today, God, I pray for those who maybe don't know you or maybe they know you but they have, they're far from you. I pray that they return to you today with heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. If you're watching us online, I encourage you to respond as well. If you're saying here, Pastor Tom, I need the saving, wonderful saving grace of Jesus. I want to accept that salvation that he did for me when he died on the cross for my sins. 
I want to put my faith in him and choose not to put my faith in myself anymore. I want to turn my life to Jesus. And if that's you here today, and you want to say yes, just raise your hand real high. I just look around. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Can we all just say this prayer today, all together with us? Just repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I choose to put my faith in you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive the power of your grace. Forgive me my sins. Today I choose to follow you. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. God good? All the time he is good. Will you guys stand with me today, everyone? John, you had, man, you already started on that. We're going to worship the Lord today. Thank you for coming here and celebrating Christmas and celebrating the wonderful love of Jesus Christ and celebrating these children who God has given us. What a wonderful, what a wonderful gift God has given us. Amen? Amen. If you're a parent here today, you should be proud of these children. And you should be proud of that God is giving those gifts, guess what, for you to steward. Amen? Sing with us today. Worship with us today. We love you here at South Coast Christian, but more importantly, God loves you. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.